Well, thank you so much uh, for having us back at uh, Riverside. And I will do my best. I get rather excited when I'm preaching, but I'm conscious of my Scottish brogue. So I will try, in case you think I'm speaking in tongues or something this morning. But we are thankful to be here uh, with you again. Um, would you believe, I mean, it's been two years, right, since we were able to, to come and be part of the church here at Riverside. And I want to particularly thank Paul and Deborah and the elders and deacons for the opportunity to be able to be back with you. We stand with you united in the gospel. And um, if we've learned anything over these last two years, we realize that when we get to the end of ourselves, Jesus is right there. Two words that transform our lives. Jesus Christ. Whatever the challenge is, whatever you're facing, whatever's happened over the last two years, Jesus Christ is our rescuer. He's our redeemer. He's restoring relationships. He's bringing, into, bringing us back in to reconnect with God, to walk with God, to talk with God. And so I don't know what the last two years has held for you, but I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the reminder that Jesus Christ is the way, He's the truth, and He's the life. And so many of us have lost loved ones. So many of us have not been able to be with loved ones. So many of us have had struggles and challenges over these last two years. And my question to you is, what difference has your salvation in Jesus Christ made in your life? Because when you're in surgery, it's too late to be learning the promises of God. And if anything we can learn from the last two years is that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. We need to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so for a short time today, I want to share a message with you from the book of Hebrews. And I pray that as I share this message with you, it would stir something deep within you in your walk with God. And if you're here and you've drifted from God, I pray in the power of Jesus, through His Holy Spirit, that He might draw you back into a relationship that you might be running your race and running it with great power. Today we're looking at part of chapter 2 in Hebrews, which deals with the humanity of Christ and the offer of salvation. The anonymous first century writer of Hebrews sent this letter of encouragement, of professing to Jewish Christians who were suffering for persecution for their faith in Christ. And whether you are in Scotland or whether you are in USA, let me tell you, if you're living for Jesus, you will come up against opposition. And if you're not facing opposition, then I would need to question you further of how you're living for Jesus Christ. Many of them were considering renouncing their faith and returning to Judaism. 
the writer of Hebrew exhorts them to hold fast to their faith in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, are you holding fast? That was a great place for an amen. <laughs> are you holding fast? We need to press on to spiritual maturity. The early scholars attributed Hebrews to Paul. However, the oldest manuscripts are anonymous. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that the message of Jesus is better. That Christ is better than the angels in chapter 1. That Christ is better than Moses in chapter 3. That Christ has brought about a better covenant and established better promises in chapter 8. The writer encourages them to hold fast to their faith and to press on. And I want to say to you today that through the power of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's calling you again to, no matter what you're facing, to press on in 2022. The message of Jesus is good news, and we find in that good news the person of Christ. You see, Christianity is superior to all other faiths. Christ is supreme and completely sufficient for our salvation. Do you believe that? Yeah. Even when you're facing trials, do you believe that? Yeah. And so today, if you're a follower of Christ, it's no different whether you're following Christ here or in Scotland. As Christians, we're being marginalized in almost every area of society, in every area in our lives, whether you're at primary school, high school, college, in a government work, you are compromised from abortion to the end of life. Our government Many states in the USA, our secular agenda are trying to push Christianity into the margins of society. And let me tell you, it's happening a hundred times faster than I ever thought in Scotland. Bonnie, Scotland. When a four-year-old can choose their gender identity without their parents' knowledge, and it goes into statute and law. Where are we heading? Our world is in a mess. Our nation is in a mess. Our families are in a mess. And you know what? If we're honest, some of us are in a mess. How can we escape the pitfalls of this fallen world? Well, the writer of Hebrews gives us a warning and a way to escape the bondage and the vices of this world. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we find it in chapter 2. The writer of Hebrews warns us, How then shall we escape if we ignore such great salvation? The book of Hebrews has five warning passages contained in the entirety of the book of Hebrews. Are you thankful that in the midst of all the fear and the anxiety, you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. I know I am. I know that no matter what mandates came out from our government, no mandates that were cascaded down that we couldn't leave our homes, we couldn't go out the area, I was so thankful 
from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hebrews gives us five admonitions. Simply, admonitions are a firm reprimand or a warning. Notice the admonitions in Hebrews gets worse from drifting away from God's Word to moving to totally defying God's Word. How shall we escape if we ignore such great salvation? If you've got your Bible, please open up to Hebrews chapter 2, and let me just share four verses with you this morning. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And that was a pretty good Scottish accent you did, Paul. <laughs> but there's always room for improvement. <laughs> Let's read God's Word. Can I ask you to stand? I'm sensing the Spirit is asking you to stand and let's declare and sing this. Let's declare and read this passage. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. You can be seated. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's a, a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. Father, I pray in the power of your Holy Spirit that you might open up our hearts and our minds to be ready to receive what you have for us this morning. May you be glorified by the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth that might be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you three practical steps you can take as a believer to grow in your walk. Three practical steps to take as a believer to grow in your walk with God. Look, listen, and learn. Repeat them after me. Look, listen, and learn. The first practical step is look to Jesus. Have a look at verse 3 and 4. It says that God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed to His will. Miracles of Jesus were there to testify to who he was. He was the Son of God. And he was able to perform miracles. They were there to assure you that your hope is not placed in wishful thinking or in vain or in fresh air. Your hope and your trust is placed in the person of Jesus Christ through faith your rescuer, your healer, your savior and Lord. And right now, whether you like it or not, you're exercising faith because you're sitting on a chair that's holding you. 
And we want to know that we want to be assured that the person that you're putting all your hope in, all your trust in, all your life in, is sufficient. Do you know that he's, he is sufficient? Do you know that he will guide you through the storms of life? But what's the escape out of this world? How can we escape? Verse 3, it says, How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us who heard him, for those who heard him. I read in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 21, it says that you shall call, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Luke 19.10, maybe it's a scripture verse that you've memorized, that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Isaiah 1.18 says, though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow because of the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Romans 5 says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Do you know Jesus? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. Are you looking to Jesus? The writer of Hebrews uses an illustration in chapter 619 to show how confident we can be on the promises of God. He uses the illustration of an anchor. We have even more reason to be carefully consider the words of Christ and receive our salvation through him. Jesus first spoke of his salvation to the disciples. Verse 4 said, God confirmed Jesus' words with signs and miracles and wonders. And the Holy Spirit confirmed his words by giving spiritual gifts. Acts 22 says, Acts 2.22 says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, and, and you yourselves know. You see, what signs, are, what signs in your life indicate that you're trusting Jesus Christ? How did you do through the pandemic? Did you trust Christ in the midst of the storms? Too often, many of us, we, we tag Jesus on to our weak, and he's not right at the center of our core. And just as Corey was sharing with you, that God tells us, Paul tells us in his word, that to offer up your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will know God's good and perfect will for your life. What are you looking at? What gets the best of you through the week? Is it the news? Because all that's going to do is give you more fear and anxiety. We are black belts in Scotland that are doing bad news. I don't know how you do it over here. <laughs> 
And I like to keep up with the news. I love to know. We need to know as believers. We cannot be ignorant. We need to know what's happening in our communities. We need to know what's happening in our country. We need to know what's happening across the world. But we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, you've had a little warning sign. As men, we love to drive our cars. I went electric last year. I know you love your cars over here, you know, I know that, I'm not going to go there, but I went electric, and I've had this electric car for over a year, and it's been fantastic, as long as you remember to plug it in. (laughs) My wife and I were going through to a Christian concert in Edinburgh, and I looked at the dashboard, and the dashboard and the signal it was telling me, the warning was telling me I had 36 miles. Now, to go to Edinburgh and come back, it's 33 miles from where we stay. <laughs> yes, I know I was sailing to the wind. I hear you. I hear you. But I thought, I think I can do this. I think, <laughs> I think we can do this. I didn't tell the wife. I, I, I kept that one to myself. She had no idea how close I was sailing to the wind. So we set off and we had a wonderful uh, concert uh, in the Usher Hall in Edinburgh. And then at the back of my mind, it was still there. And I got a phone call from my son and he said, any chance you could pick up a McDonald's on the way home? Well, I'm thinking in my head, it's just probably about a mile out our way. Well, I went to McDonald's, we picked up his meal for him, and off we went. And I said to my wife, I said, mileage is getting quite low, dear. (laughs) Oh, but we should be good. We'll be fine. We'll make it. It's just, you know, the signals here just tell me that the mileage is low. Well, we kept driving to get home, and just about a quarter of a mile from home, my electric car died. Are you you ignoring the signals that God's given you? Do you just ignore them and carry on when the Spirit of God speaks to you through the power of His Word, through other believers? Don't ignore the signs. How shall we escape if we ignore such great salvation? We must keep our eyes and look to Jesus Christ. I did get home. I know you want to know that. But if you know anything about electric car, you can't tow it, so you need a transporter, so be aware. Make sure you leave 20 miles in the clock and charge up. The second practical step is listen to the Word of God. Look at, verse, uh, look at uh, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift. Let me say that again. We must pay the most careful attention. Therefore, so, what, so that what we've heard, we do not drift. You see, we need to pay close attention to the Word of God. We need to pay close attention to the Spirit of God, or we're in danger of drifting away. 
There's a term, and I don't like the term, but it's used, and I've seen Christians that it's happened to, called backsliding. Have you ever experienced, you've been in a conversation with a believer who's never been around church for maybe a month, a year, whatever, and you can just pick up in their language that they're actually not walking with the Lord Jesus. Backsliding usually occurs gradually. The writer of Hebrews did not want to see the Jewish Christians slip back into the laws of Judaism with its legal bondage and lose their joy of their first love. Let me ask you, is Jesus Christ still your first love today? Is he first priority in the things that you plan in your life? Or is he tagged on at the end? You see, too many of us drift away from our first love. Revelations 2, 4, and 5 says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your, lo your love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Are you drifting from your first love? Is Jesus the center of your life? You see, this warning here that's written is not for the unsaved. This warning here in this passage says the warning is written to believers for the writer includes himself. We, you see it? We must pay the most closest attention. How is your walk with God? How's it going? Are you plugged into the Word of God? Is your face in the Word of God? Or is it in Facebook? Are you spending time with Him? Are you feeding on His Word? Are you walking in the Spirit? Or are you walking in the flesh? Lest any time we should drift away. Many years ago, um, we, Louise and I, uh, became uh, Christians. And uh, we will be 30 years next year. Uh, believers. And I have to say to you that the walk with God gets sweeter the longer you're walking with Jesus. Amen. Isn't that true? You see, there's no time to drift away. It's not a time now to slack off as believers. It's not a time for easing off. You see, Satan works so subtly. He distracts you and directs you into different things. The message puts it this way in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. Do you have a firm grip on the Word of God? You see, it takes effort to pay attention to the Word of God. Paying attention involving us focusing on our minds, our bodies, our senses, listening to the Word of God that Christ is working in us and through us. Somebody in the prayer meeting astutely noticed that I had two Bibles. And they said, do you always carry two Bibles? I said, no, I don't. This one's an illustration. And this Bible here is a King James Bible, and in the front of it, it's dedicated to John Tomlins Bell and Jean McCulloch, which was my late mother and father. Saturday, the 27th of December, 1958. 
they were presented with this word. This was my mother's Bible, and she used to come downstairs, and one occasion, she went and got this Bible. I didn't even know she possessed a Bible. She wasn't a believer. And here's the challenge. This Bible did absolutely nothing for her because she never read it. My father became a Christian at the age of 60. I don't know if my mother received Christ. Folks, if your Bible is gathering dust, then that will only mean one thing, distance and separation from God. Not only that, James reminds us in chapter 1, 22 to 25, he said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in, continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Let me ask you, are you reading your word? Are you learning and growing in God's word? Are you involved in Bible study, whether it's an app, whether it's video, whatever it is, get into God's word because he transforms you from the inside out. Number three, practical step, learn from your mistakes. Have a look at verse two, or chapter two. It says, for since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received, it's just punishment. How shall we escape if we ignore such great salvation? I wonder if you are ignoring the escape, the very person that can rescue you from the situation and the circumstances that you're ignoring it. Job 8.11 says, those who forget God have no hope. And if you were walking up and down the streets of Scotland, you would see many people who look like they've no hope. Galatians 6.7 says, don't be misled. Remember, you can't ignore God and get away with it. A man always will reap what he sows. Acts, two, Acts 4 verse 12 says, there is salvation in no one else but Jesus Christ. And so I wonder today if you're learning from your mistakes. Are you drifting from God's word? Many years ago, Louise and I were on holiday uh, with her parents and her sister and we decided that we were in a Mediterranean uh, little island called Malta, and we were down at the beach, and the grandparents had decided that they were going to take two of her sister's children out onto a paddle boat. Seemed like a lot of fun. And so off they went, and about an hour later, their mum was getting rather concerned. She could see just in the distance that the paddle boat was still there. But the only problem was that they had drifted almost a mile away from the shoreline. And no matter how hard they tried to pedal, they couldn't get back. And so this frantic mum went over to the people who had rented the paddle boat and said, you have no concept here. My mum and dad have drifted so far out 
They have no concept or any idea. They don't have the strength in their legs to get back in. Please, will you go and rescue them? And so she convinced them, and off they went. And they towed them all the way back in. And when they got off the boat, they were as cool as cucumber. And they were just like, what was the problem? But they didn't, they didn't realize they had drifted with the tide so far out. And they had lost their way. You see, when you do nothing about it, you'll drift. If you're not communicating, communicating with God, you'll drift. If you're not reading His Word, you'll drift. If you're not assembling with other believers, you'll drift. Listen, you can't do church just online. There's no such thing. You need to be in with other fellowship of believers. We see that in the early church. Jesus is still testifying today through the lives of his believer. And I wonder where you are on that journey. I wonder today if you can say with confidence that Jesus Christ is you are your Savior and Lord. You know, whatever you're facing, whatever the challenge is, he wants to guide you through it. And over the last two years, we've had many challenges. But let me tell you, Riverside, let me tell you, church, Jesus is the way. He is the life. He told us that he'd come that you might have life and have it in abundance. Is that the life that you want to live? Get on fire for Jesus and people will come and watch you burn. Jesus is testifying today to us to live out our lives on fire for him. Robert Robertson who was a composer. He composed Come Thou Fount Every Blessing. He was a great hymn writer of the 18th century, converted under the mighty preaching of George Whitfield. He became a pastor, was greatly used by God. Over time, though, he began to drift in his faith and from the Lord. He neglected spiritual matters. Instead, he decided to travel. During one of his journeys, he met a young woman who was very spiritually minded. She asked him, what do you think of this hymn I've been reading? She handed the book. It was, the, it was Robertson's own hymn that he had penned. He tried to avoid her question, but it was hopeless for the Lord was speaking to him. Finally, he broke down and confessed to her who he was and how he was living far away from God. The, the young woman assured him that streams of mercy are still flowing and encouraged Robinson to come back to the Lord. And that's my call to you today. Maybe you're online and you've come across this message and you're just drifting and you're just searching. And Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you new life. I will give you abundant life. I will navigate you through the circumstances and the trials of life. He reminds us, Christ reminds us in John 16, 33, that in this world you will have trouble. But he doesn't leave us there, does he? He said, no, I have overcome the world. Right now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're an overcomer. Do you know that? Let me remind you, you're an overcomer in Christ. And no matter what's coming at you, Jesus Christ will navigate you. You see, our great salvation 
is great because of Jesus Christ. It's purchased at a great price. It continues with great promises and blessing, and it leads us to a great inheritance as we go to be with the Lord. How can we escape such great salvation? Well, as I said to you, three words. Look, listen, and learn. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Listen to his word, read his word. Whatever you do, spend time in his word, and God will give you wisdom beyond yourself. And learn, learn from your mistakes. Don't drift, don't run your race in life lukewarm. Run for Jesus with your eyes on the prize. As I finish, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. But I wonder, maybe you've drifted so far that you've been away from God. Or maybe you're here today and for the first time you've never said yes to Jesus. And I want to say to you today, you can. Today is the day of salvation. It's simply, you can admit that you've gone your own way, that you've drifted and done your own thing. Romans 3, 23, that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus Christ, that God has sent His Son who died on a cross for you and for me to pay your price and my price so that you can live differently. That He came died on a cross, resurrected in the third day to come to give us new life. Right now, not life in heaven, life for today in 2022. Will you take it? Will you grasp it? And then see, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I invite you in this moment, to receive Jesus Christ. If that's you, if God's speaking to you, you can pray this prayer. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for all that you are, all that you've given us. Thank you that you've sent your son, Lord, to die on a cross, to pay the price that we should have paid, and that you've come that we might have new life, Lord. Blood has been shed the price has been paid, and we can walk differently. And Father, I pray right now, in this moment, for anybody that's gathered, whether they're online or in person, Lord, that they would make a decision today to say yes to Jesus. And so, Father, I invite in this moment just simply to say, God, I'm sorry. I am so sorry that I've gone my own way. Please, come into my life. Live with me in and through me that I might follow you all the days of my life. Father, I thank you for everybody that's gathered here today. I pray that you would answer their prayer beyond their wildest imagination. Help us to walk with you, Lord. Help us to live out this faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to live it because we know that you're a God that can do immeasurably more abundantly more, exceedingly more than we can ever ask, dream, or imagine. According to your power, it's at work in our lives. Lord, bless us and make us a blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.